0: Howdy listeners, what's crackin'? Jeremy McDermott here. Gee whiz, I am totally stoked to welcome you to 1970s Loveland, Ohio for the Stars Right Gang's first original Call of Cthulhu scenario. Hope you're psyched. If you're wondering what happened to our Children of Fear campaign, don't bug out. You'll be hearing more of our gnarly adventures in Asia next week, and we'll keep those radical recaps coming to keep you caught up and copacetic. Right on! Now, uh, let me give you the skinny real quick. We recorded these episodes uh, a while back, when Heartless in Loveland was still in production. I won't yank your chain, my mellows. The audio quality is not always as spiffy and slamming as you might have come to expect. We had a few hardcore tech issues and teething troubles, so I hope you'll be patient with us and know it gets better later on. Far out, I got a skitty. Time to blow this taco stand. I'll catch you on the flip
1: side. All human thought. All science, science all of the holy direction all the world is lost, but someday, as we go to the stars, terrifying vistas of reality, well, and yeah. of our frightful we should either go mad or or flee from the deadly lights into the peace and
0: safety of a new dark longer lived, they would never really
2: die. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, in, dear listener, intrigue, high adventure and cosmic horror await when the stars are right.
3: Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we'll be playing Session 1 of Heartless and Loveland, written by Braden Favash, me, and published by Stars Are Right. This is an original homebrew scenario available for purchase on our drive through RPG catalogue. You can find it through our website, starsareight.com. We're going to be playing the whole scenario, so spoilers ahead. If you enjoy listening to it and decide to run it for your gaming group, please do share your experiences on our social media with the hashtag Stars Right. And listen up, keepers and scenario writers. If you have a draft or an idea for a scenario and you want to share it with the world, but you need some extra help bring it to life, then get in touch with us. We help with editing, polishing, illustration, formatting, and then publishing your scenario as a beautiful professional standard PDF that you'll be proud to put on sale for the world to see. You can even help people hear about your homebrews by getting us to play it here on the podcast like we're doing right now. You can find more info on our website, just look for the publishing section. So now, let's get into it. How are you all playing, and who are you today, Al? Uh, I am
0: playing a Jeremy McDermott, a former scout, a member of the Knights of the Golden Trail, and apparently all-around badass. Are we describing our characters now, or do you want to go through in a little bit? Yeah. yeah all right i'm gonna talk about him because it looks great honestly i've never played a ranger in D, but i imagine that if people have they would feel right at home with this pre-gen because i'm looking at this character sheet and your boy comes with a long sword and a bow and seven arrows and i've never seen a call of cthulhu character sheet where it's like fighting brackets sword and firearms brackets bow so i am extremely hyped. He's got all your like your track and your stealth and your survival woodlands, and just provided this whole scenario is uh, like a game of cat and mouse as some kind of monster in the woods, and I'm very happy. (laughs) Uh, Phaedra,
3: what about you? Uh,
2: Well, I am playing really well today, I hope, and I am Loretta McCann. She is... Uh, The coolest lady out there. Uh, I'm already loving this character. She's very strong. Uh, I think she's stronger than all the rest of you. And she has a badass uh, motorcycle. It's a Triumph X-75 Hurricane, if that means anything to anyone. It doesn't mean anything to me. And uh, besides a motorcycle, she can also operate heavy machinery. So you know there's going to be a good time ahead. Besides that, she also, I think, has potentially the strongest connection to the story. Stay tuned to find out more about that. Oh,
1: wow. Very fun. What about you, Jason? So, I'm Jason, and I'm playing Jason. Um, different spelling, though. That's how we, we differentiate. But yes, my, my full name <laughs> is Jason Boyd. Um, I'm a male nurse. Um, and I kind of see him because basically the the first few things that stood out to me about this character was uh, he is a Catholic um, and he very much continues to practice the faith. Um, but also he has a Cadillac 75 um, and a Derringer. So I very much think that both of those are quite blinged out. <laughs> nice. So uh, I don't know why. I just kind of envisage him as, as having that. Uh, also, he uh, used to be uh, in the Night of the Golden Trail as well. Uh, in his youth. Um, That's basically how he got into first aid uh, through his uh, scout experience and so on. Um, Also, um, his uh, wife is no more. Uh, His late wife Tilly uh, died a few years ago, Uh, still carries uh, a a necklace, um, like a locket, basically, with uh, her picture in. Um, So he's still getting over that um, quite a lot. Uh, has lots of old memories about her and so on that are very fresh in his mind still. Uh, so we'll see how that comes into play a bit later, I imagine. And how
3: about you, Uh
4: I am playing Daisy Silverstone. Uh, Daisy is a uh, an architect in her 50s. Um, she uh, comes off as a little nervous or frazzled uh, to those around her, but she's a, a very busy, very professional woman. Uh, she has uh, frizzy red hair, uh, much like my real self. And um, yeah, you guys have all got your your, your swords and your blinged out cars. <laughs> and I have a cat called Buttercup.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is she in your inventory? How much damage does she do? Great, <laughs> right, and these pre are off the rails.
3: <laughs> Throw Buttercup is a skill. wow not actually but maybe and i'm brayden your keeper for the day and i'm excited to delve into this story a little deeper with you all precious listeners this is your Keeper speaking. Before you dive into this week's episode and your own copy of Heartless and Loveland, a warning. We had to alter some of the names in the scenario in order to comply with certain copyright restrictions. Thus, you may notice that some of the names used throughout this podcast through are different to how they appear in
1: the published scenario. Fear not, however, as the core story very much still remains the same, along with all the delightful horror and spooks. Now, back to today's episode.
3: So, before we get started, let's get a little bit of history on Loveland, Ohio. What exactly is
0: going on there? How? So, Loveland, Ohio was named after James Loveland, who operated the general store and post office near the railroad tracks downtown. Loveland was regarded as a village in 1876 and was incorporated as a chartered city in 1961. Fascinating. During its early days, Loveland was regarded as a resort town for the wealthy and gained the nickname Little Switzerland of the Miami Valley. So, I assume there's skiing. I don't know. We'll find out. The Hillsborough and Cincinnati Railroad was laid across Loveland in 1850 and fueled the growth of the city. In 1975, the city's population had grown to around 8,500 people. The town is bisected by the Little Miami River. Most of the city's population lives in houses on the western side of the river, while the eastern side of the river is known as Downtown Loveland and is where one can find many local businesses, the train station, the emergency services. Loveland grew in popularity as a tourist destination due to the construction of Loveland Castle which started in 1919 and continues to this day. Wow, they're really taking their time with that. Uh, Loveland's proximity to the Kings Island amusement park also makes it a popular stop on the way to the largest roller coaster park in the United States. Now, it's going to get a little weird, much to the dismay of the locals. Loveland grew in fame as a paranormal hotspot in 1955 and 1972. In 1955, a local businessman reported having seen creatures that have been since nicknamed the Loveland Frogmen. In the police report, he claimed to have seen a congregation of strange amphibious humanoids on the side of the road. After pulling his car over, the man was accosted by the amphibians, one of which drew a gnarled twig and shot sparks at him as he was making his escape. In 1972, Loveland had another odd occurrence as six construction workers suddenly vanished into thin air. They were exploring a tunnel that their crew had found while digging the foundations for Loveland's first multi-storey hotel. The site foreman, Terry Woodley, was the only survivor. Police inquiries and investigations were unable to uncover any foul play on the part of the foreman, and no trace of the construction workers has ever been discovered. A few days after the disappearances, there was another sighting of a Loveland frogman. Local Police Sergeant Mark Matthews reported having come across a strange amphibian humanoid on a night patrol. The creature fled before he could inspect it closely. Two weeks after the first sighting, police officer Ray Shockey reportedly spotted the creature once more and with the assistance of Sergeant Mark Matthews shot and killed it. After the events of 1972, the Loveland police department saw major backlash at the reported Loveland frogman sightings, the public believing that the stories were fabricated to draw tourists to the city. Everyone loves those frogmans. Sergeant Mark Matthews was forced to resign and publicly admitted that the story was a lie and they had shot and killed a tailless iguana. Fantastic. Well done. That was awesome.
3: So, I guess we can get into actually playing this game now. you have all rolled luck uh, before we started. Why don't you give everyone an idea of what exactly your luck is? Starting with Noxicals?
4: Well, uh, Daisy is
1: slightly more than averagely lucky with 55. Fantastic. And Jason as Jason. Uh, Yep, Jason has a tad more than that. He actually has 65. Cool.
0: Hal as Jeremy. Jeremy (laughs) is clocking in at 30, putting in, I believe, at joint lowest luck. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And Fedra as Loretta.
2: You guessed it. 30 30 as 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 well.
0: Mm-mm. we're gonna to have to fight over who's group luck
2: you can't just kill one of us off it will be <laughs> the other the other one giving us a terrible
3: group <laughs> luck fantastic okay so let's get into it you are all residents of loveland ohio which is a peaceful flourishing city that is bisected by the little Mamere river the city is renowned for happy locals valentine's day celebrations and a quiet lifestyle which has only recently returned to the town after the media frenzy surrounding the number of odd events in 1972 which caused it to become labelled a paranormal hotspot. Tourists flocked to Loveland to see if they could spot a UFO or the ever notorious Loveland Frogman. You're overjoyed that the tourists are gone and Loveland is returning to that little slice of heaven in Ohio that you know and love. Or at least it was. It's early Saturday morning, july twelfth, nineteen seventy-five. And you all wake up to something incredibly unexpected. The ground underneath you shakes and rumbles. Furniture shifts, cupboards fly open. An earthquake is hitting Love. Would everyone please roll me a luck roll?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Ooh! Yes! Thirteen!
0: Oh
3: alright for some
4: Astro May as well. Yeah, no fail. Oh, my 55 luck hasn't helped me. i got a
2: 73.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oof. Yeah,
4: 52 here. Shortest character ever. Have you ever been killed in the earthquake before the scenario starts? <laughs> we just stink into the <laughs>
0: earth. All right, have a good game, guys. <laughs> okay, so
3: uh, Daisy and Jeremy are the failures here, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, Daisy... You're woken up to the sounds of the shaking, uh, incredibly unexpected. You've never experienced an earthquake in your life. And you can immediately hear the crashing of some of your roof tiles clattering down onto, uh, say, your lounge room floor as the roof of your lounge room completely caves in.
4: Okay. Yeah, I think the first thing that Daisy would do would be get up and start sort of screaming for
3: Buttercup. Uh, I won't be that nasty. Buttercup uh, runs from the lounge room as it begins uh, shaking and immediately jumps into your lap and turns around, meowing. How much damage does she deal? <laughs> At least a D2. <laughs> and Jeremy, you are asleep in your mother's home, uh, You are also awoken by this noise, probably first by the screaming of your parents as uh, you are awoken. And we'll say that your bathroom, you hear the clattering of tiles as um, the roof caves in and just completely destroys the bathroom. There's probably a lot of leaking from the sink being destroyed or the toilet being crushed or something along those lines. So uh, everyone's frantically running around in your household
0: to try and get this thing sorted. Wow. Um, Now, my domestic situation, am I, like, really cool and I have, like, a man cave down in the basement? Or am I just, like, still, you know, got my, like, childhood bedroom posters on the wall, that sort of thing?
3: With a lack of what you have, I'm going to say that you have
0: your childhood bedroom posters. That's fair. Honestly, he seems like a real straight-laced goody-two-shoes kind of guy. Um, So, yeah, let's say that. And the posters are all of just, like, really... Wholesome heroes uh, and outdoorsmen and stuff. Yeah, and also he idealizes uh, Sir Harry Andrews, the founder of the Knights of the Golden Trail. So, probably got a big old picture of him uh, that I kiss every night. Okay. (laughs) No, not that last, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows with this guy? (laughs) I haven't probably gotten a feel for the character yet. Okay. So, I hear my parents screaming and the sound of the bathroom collapsing. (laughs) Were my parents in the bathroom?
3: Uh, No, no one was taking an evening poo. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Just checking. Okay, so it's, it's night time. It is. It is currently 3am. Oh, fantastic. Okay, uh, in that case, I, um, my eyes snap open. Um, I leap out of bed in my uh, camouflage jammies. And uh, I immediately intuit what's going on because I've been preparing for this my whole life. I reach under the bed and grab my bug out bag. Uh with its like rations and like flashlight and all the rest of it. Because there's there's never been an earthquake here yet, but I've spent my my young career reading up about how to survive them. So um yeah, I I dash out my bedroom with my uh with my backpack on, struggling into it. Um, and I'm I'm looking for shoes and uh and my parents in that order. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum and dad are walking down the
3: uh, hallway, uh, looking half asleep, their hair frazzled and they they both look at you as your groom, super prepared and just sort of sigh a
0: little and uh, your dad smiles. Is the house still shaking? The shaking subsides after about a minute or so. Okay, but it might come back. So um, Jeremy (laughs) immediately barks, um, mom, pop. I need you to stay calm. Don't panic. We need to head for the exit in a calm, orderly fashion. Where are your shoes? Uh, your mother, Bree, says, um,
3: uh, they're Just at the front. Jeremy, this is unnecessary. Let's just call the plumber.
0: <laughs> Mom, you're in shock. <laughs> I grab her sleeve <laughs> and I start leading them to where the shoes are.
3: Okay. Yeah, you find. You drag them to the shoes. And they put them on and uh, just sort of begrudgingly follow your lead as you take control of the situation. And your pyjama-fled.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I <laughs> won't be spotted. Um, all right, we boot up and head outside. Uh, and I start like, I, I don't actually know how to survive an earthquake, but Jeremy absolutely does. So, yeah, we stand out in the, in the yard or the road if we don't have one and I start timing, uh, like, on my... I have a a super cool digital watch, which would have been pretty... Wait, did they have those in 1975? Are they an 80s thing? I I want to have one of those watches, like, with a compass in and a backlight. You know what I mean? But I don't know if they were a thing. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, digital watches—the hot trend of the '70s and '80s. Why not? I'll give it to Fantastic. you. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Keeper. All right, awesome. Then I have—I've got my. I'm holding down the backlight button, and I'm very carefully timing because uh, I want to know like the intervals between the like aftershocks or whatever, so that I can figure out how far we are from the epicenter. I'm already like planning uh, where we're gonna like build a shelter if the house collapses.
3: Nice. Uh, no aftershock comes as
0: you are sort of waiting for it. I continue timing <laughs> I'm ignoring my yeah. parents <laughs> if they try and take me <laughs> back inside I'm not having it your dad uh
3: is holding a cup of coffee at this point and it's just uh frazzled
0: <laughs> okay well if it goes on I mean for like after 15 minutes I think I will relent slightly uh I, I have, has, has anyone else like dashed out of their homes or is it literally just us three Oh yeah, uh,
3: you can hear the sounds of sirens and things starting to uh, flare up in the distance. Light beginning to turn on. A number of other houses in your neighbourhood directly have uh, sort of fallen in. Uh, some of the rooms, um, perhaps their entryways have like collapsed in on, um, collapsed down. And there's people sort of coming out of the houses
0: now. Yeah. Uh, do I happen to live on Daisy Street, or would that be too much a coincidence? Uh, why not? okay just wanted to know Uh, I don't know we don't know each other I guess I just wanted to like maybe not monopolize the scene for the whole evening but I will happily (laughs) engage in this survivalist fantasy Um, (laughs) because Jeremy's eyes light up um, and he announces that uh, we have to look for survivors who might be trapped in the rubble Um, and he is going to head to like wherever the most kerfuffle seems to be happening
3: okay fantastic
0: Uh, Daisy what
3: are you going to continue doing with your morning
0: so if the uh, if the sort
4: of earthquake seems to have stopped, uh, she will probably shut the cat into the bedroom so it can't get hurt or cause any trouble, and uh, go and survey the damage in the lounge. And seeing that the entire ceiling has caved in, you know she will sort of take relatively calm stock of the situation. I get the feeling that although she can get a bit frazzled, she's probably quite good in a bit of a crisis. Start mm-hmm. sort of ticking off in her head the sort of to-do list of people to contact and things to do to get it sorted out um, and start picking her way through the rubble to sort of save anything of personal value she'll look for her little um, Eiffel Tower souvenir that she's so fond of and (laughs) you know a few family photos of her mum and probably lots of photos of the cat and uh, you know pick those up and remove the broken glass and move them to a room that doesn't have a fallen-in ceiling and just start picking over the sort of uh, the mess, I
3: guess. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, after a few hours go by, uh, all of you are going to be awoken or alarmed by the sound of your telephones ringing. Uh, we can... Let's have a little scene with Jason. Okay, okay. So you all get a similar phone call, but let's uh, let's have this phone call
1: occur. What time did you say that the phone call came at? Uh, around 6am. Okay, so Jason would probably be getting, at least coming round by that point. He's a fairly early riser, but it still makes him jump. He obviously wasn't expecting anybody. Uh, so he, he scrambles over the other side of the bed, picks up the phone. Uh, he- hello?
3: Oh, um... Uh... Hello, sorry for waking. This is Janice Allen from the local police department. Oh, oh. Uh, I'm calling on behalf of Sergeant Brandine Cook. Is this Mr. Boyd?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's me, ma'am. Is there something uh, wrong?
3: Oh, um, um, yeah, the sergeant has requested a meeting with you. Uh, Seems the matter is of the utmost importance.
2: Um, Me?
1: Yeah.
3: Would you mind coming in?
1: Uh, well, uh, yes, of course. Uh, but, uh, was it about the earthquake? I did feel a little bit of a, a tremble out my way. Uh, uh, but uh, I was just here sleeping.
3: Yeah, uh, something something to do with that. Uh, she'll explain once you're in. Um, please,
1: uh, please do hurry. Uh, sure, sure. I, I certainly will. Thank you. And the phone line goes dead on the other side? Okay, yeah. Put phone down, just start getting ready.
3: Okay. Uh, Loretta, you have received a similar phone call. How would you respond to uh, the request to come to the police station?
2: Oh, uh, Loretta loves being a hero. Um, she probably would have slept through the whole earthquake, being a very, very deep sleeper. Um, that's how he, where she gets her strength. Uh, she always gets nice. her, her eight hours un, un, and <laughs> <laughs> uninterrupted, <laughs> even during her sex. Uh She will be very surprised at the phone call. She will be kind of groggy and maybe um, a bit confrontational at first. Uh, then she will excuse herself for uh, for being rude, and of course, uh, of course, I'll, I'll be right there with you.
3: Fantastic. Okay. So I assume we're all going to head over uh, towards the police station, which is in downtown Loveland. I know some of you have very nice vehicles. Uh, I believe Jeremy has a bike.
0: Sure do. <laughs> and the lights are up to code. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I'll saddle up the cat.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're right on That's such a good <laughs>
4: are. No, I actually have a Jeep Cherokee. So, are you bringing Buttercup with you? Um, no. I think I think yeah. I I think Daisy knows the Buttercup can be a bit of a handful. So Buttercup will be uh, locked in the house. Buttercup's it's gonna like start it. a riot. <laughs> you don't mess with Buttercup, man. Mm. <laughs> away from those cops. <laughs>
3: Fantastic. Okay, so making your way across town, you're able to see the destruction that the earthquake has caused. Uh, Although a lot of Loveland still remains standing, a large portion of the houses and businesses in town have sustained damages. Uh, You drive your way into the heart of downtown, passing emergency vehicles on their way out to help with the relief effort, and park yourselves in front of Loveland Police Station. Uh, There is currently one police car parked alongside of you. I can assume that since you all received a phone call at a similar time and given your varying methods of transport, you'd be arriving around at a, uh, a similar moment. So you all see each other. Maybe you've had encounters with each other before. Yeah, you've all assisted sometimes with the scouts camping trips and whatnot. So you probably would have an idea of uh, who each other are at the very least.
1: Or well, Jason will turn up blasting my Sharona, like he normally does.
3: <laughs> One of his favorite tunes. Very
1: nice.
0: Jeremy arrives, uh, obeying any and all traffic laws and signaling very carefully as he turns, <laughs> and then he uses no fewer than three padlocks to uh, secure his bike <laughs> to a handy pole. He
2: probably has Wonderful. a very disconcerting moment during his trip where uh, a woman with a helmet on just flies past him in a motorcycle <laughs> obeying zero traffic laws.
0: <laughs> Seeing the same motorbike, he glares at it briefly.
2: <laughs> Loretta will put her foot down and then kind of like take her helmet in, in slow motion, waving her hair around.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Rose
3: petals fall <pull> from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, do explain your amazing entrance as well
4: <laughs> Yeah, well Daisy's Daisy's driving a big car big old jeep, and she will uh, she'll drive it in very carefully and then park it in a space that you're surprised she's able to get it into, she's, uh, she's pretty proficient in her big old car so she'll uh, swing it in step out, glance around her hair's a bit frazzled and uh, you know, she looks a little bit like she hasn't had enough sleep uh, but she recognises the the slightly straight-laced guy from her street and gives him a nod
3: and, uh, wanders over. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So as you all enter into the single-story brick building, you see a large room with plenty of vacant seating and the young police receptionist who had called you before, Janice Allen, sitting behind the front counter in a frantic state. Uh, she has her phone firmly pressed to her ear and is in mid-conversation with one of the town's residents. Yes, Mrs. Abernathy. I'll send the sergeant over as soon as I can. I'm sorry to hear that Mrs. Fluffles is stuck under the rubble. She'll be over in a second. Mrs. Fluffles, no.
1: (laughs) Not Mrs. Fluffles.
3: Uh, The receptionist hangs up the phone momentarily and smiles in your direction. Uh, Let me give you a brief explanation of what young Janice Allen looks like. She's a very petite and attractive young woman uh she has porcelain white smile friendly blue eyes uh straight blonde hair and tan skin what you'd expect from like a a typical sort of Californian uh she smiles as you enter uh and looks a bit frazzled as well um but seeing you come in she points in a direction behind her and says "Uh, uh Sergeant Cook is expecting you just head through the double doors On the opposite side of the room, uh, there is a set of double doors and she goes back then to the phone and begins dealing with phone calls and you can hear her sort of frantically
1: taking those on. I try, if she's going straight back on the phone, I try and get eye contact and sort of wave and ask her if she wants a coffee through gesticulations because she's obviously not really able to get one herself.
3: She uh, nods quickly and um, sort of smiles with her eyes towards you.
1: Okay, I give her a big thumbs up. And then I go and nice. get one from like a vending machine or something like that. Very cool.
0: Oh. I love that. What other community members can we help?
2: Right?
0: <laughs> that's that's what
4: the game's gonna be. It's it could be us yeah. wandering around doing good deeds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look oh, outside. Are there any really old Mrs. ladies Fluffles
0: who wanna like cross the-, right the... Yeah, Mrs. Fluffles? That's our story hook right there. Oh, I mean, who cares what the sergeant wants?
1: <laughs> Mrs. Fluffles <laughs> is the main character. <laughs> or the big bad. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah,
4: all the big. Yeah. Introduce her to Bataka it be great. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she swings past Janice. Daisy will, will lean in and, uh, and and try and catch uh, Janice briefly. And just say, um, S- Sergeant Cook asked for me personally.
3: She muffles the uh, phone speaker with her hand and says, "Yeah, yes. Um, uh, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, she asked for oh. you
0: all." Oh no, that, that that's um, that's great. Thank you. She smiles at you. Yeah, Daisy. Daisy blushes a little bit. Jeremy looks around at everyone and is like, "I uh, I didn't realize this was. I, I mean, I got a call. It's um, it's it's Miss Silverstone and uh, Miss McCann, isn't it? And uh, Mr. Uh, Boyd. Is I I met you at last year's uh, reunion camp. Right. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. I I didn't realize the um. I, do you know what this is about?
2: I like your outfit.
0: He is dressed trendily, according to uh, I my character sheet. Uh, <laughs>
2: <What? laughs>
0: yeah. Please turn up in the pajamas. Please. He is short, with <laughs> young. So he's twenty-one, with curly blonde hair, uh, fair skin, freckles, and he wears trendy clothing in line with a man of his age. So okay. just assume he looks cool. Okay. But he still has the backpack, <laughs> flashlight, the compass, and all the rest of it. But <laughs> well, you can make fun of his helmet if you want. Maybe he hasn't taken his bicycle helmet off.
1: I was going to ask actually, how old are the rest of you? Because apparently Jason is getting on forty-seven.
4: Ooh,
1: thirty-six. Uh, I'm fifty-six. Oh, okay. Wow, no. plethora of
0: ages. It sounds like braden has gone for like a nice spread, mm. like a decade apart. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Indeed,
2: we have to have a generational gap in our communication somehow.
4: <laughs> there is no ageism
0: here at the Stars, all right.
2: There is no.
0: no, nope. I wish I knew like 1970s youth slang. I feel like I only go back as far as the 80s, things aren't tubular and radical yet, so I'm just lost.
1: <laughs> I, I googled some words. Ah, oh, you're
3: prepared. <laughs> so, I assume, uh. Daisy probably enters through the back doors first, considering how excited she is that she's been called upon. Yeah,
4: Daisy's like pushing to the front if she can.
3: Nice. So making your way through the doors reveals a large back office. Uh, You're entirely unsure whether it is usually left in as messy a state as it is, or if it was hit by the earthquake pretty hard, because there's paperwork clutter absolutely everywhere. But... Seated on the only clean and organised desk in the entire of Loveland's Police Department is Sergeant Brandine Cook, who stands up to greet you. And I have a lovely portrait of Brandine (gasps) Cook by our fantastic Mr. Hal.
1: Aw. Nice. Shucks.
2: Yes.
3: There we go.
4: That is one fine portrait. (laughs)
3: Thank Thank you so much. Uh, sergeant Cook stands up and begins walking over in your direction, seeing you, Daisy, immediately. She'll give you a big smile. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in, Daisy. Oh, uh, uh, thanks for inviting me, Sergeant Cook. Please, uh, make yourself at home. There's coffee in the corner if you want some. Uh, Mr Boyd, uh, Mr McDermott, Miss
1: McCann. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Uh a Sergeant?
2: Hey, so, um, uh, what did you call us here? Is it, oh. did someone get hurt?
3: Oh, um, straight to business. Um, yeah, I knew I could call upon you. Thank you all for coming. I'm sorry if I disturbed your Saturday mornings, but I mean, uh, yeah, it, things were fairly disturbing this morning. The earthquake, I hope it hasn't hit you all too hard. Uh, well, you're little. Yeah, the police station was. Thankfully, uh, saved, uh, designed well, and she smiles at
4: Daisy. D- Daisy will giggle like way too high and then turn bright red. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I'm sure you all know that your yeah, Loveland Police Department doesn't have the resources that we once had. Um, and everyone, bar me right now, is out. Helping with the earthquake relief. Uh, There's people trapped under houses. Uh, Dogs, cats, animals stuck. And the mayor's breathing down my neck to try and get this thing under control. Uh, But Something was brought to my attention this morning. um, And I do apologise. I know some of you, uh, and she especially looks at Jeremy in this instance. I know a lot of you have, uh, been members of the Scouts before, and we found a Scout, uh, this morning, partly submerged in the Little Miami River, uh, <gasps> dead. You, you mean, oh, oh no, oh no. Who was it? Do I know them? Uh, his name was Jackson Hubbard.
0: Do I know Jackson Hubbard? Oh shit.
3: Uh, why doesn't everyone give me a luck roll?
1: okay here we go apparently i do i got a 13.
2: um <laughs> nice.
1: does it nice.
2: makes sense for a luck roll for loretta if she gives back regularly by helping out with camping trips which is in her story she says regularly
3: there's a fair amount of kids so i'm i'm rolling to see if you may have connection to oh, no. uh, him or his parents
0: or with this luck i also failed (laughs) okay i I failed too (laughs) all right okay And never heard of him
2: yeah who cares
0: forget
3: about it (laughs) okay so jason uh you have actually met jackson's mother tiana what what
1: level of success was that though 13 so at least uh in fact no it's bang on extreme 65 yeah
3: okay well there we go You've actually made friends with Tiana at a local camping, at a camping trip for the Knights. Okay. So you're relatively friendly with her. You don't know Jackson too well. He's, uh, he, he's a troublesome child or was a troublesome child. Hmm. Um, but since he had joined the Knights, he'd seemed to have uh, straightened up his ways a bit and was giving uh, Tiana a lot less grief. But still, he kept to himself. Being a teenager, he was only 14 years old. Uh, He was always out and about doing his own thing, so he never really got a chance to uh, speak with him all too much.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, Jason will obviously react to that. Um, He's got loads of really big rings on his right hand. Um, He just clasps his hand uh, over his big moustache. Oh. I mean, Jackson, he was doing all right. He was just a young blood, even if he did have some flaws back in the day. Oh. Have you have you informed uh, his his mother, uh, Tiana? D- does she know? Y-
3: yes, I went over and spoke to her. Uh, she was inconsolable, as you could probably imagine. Oh my! Uh,
1: well, I'll I'll need to give my condolences to her, of course. Uh, but if you don't mind me asking, uh, how uh, do you need m- us to help with it?
3: Well. Uh... Yeah, that's the thing. Um, all my resources are stretched currently. I can't do much about it until I get this earthquake under control. Um, I'm sorry to say, I, the only run-ins I've had with Jackson in the past have been catching him drinking alcohol. Uh, nothing.
1: I know, I know. Mm. He's Like I said, he's had his problems, but he was getting round it. Uh, to to be honest, Sergeant, I've I've never examined someone who's not alive anymore, but I am happy to help, and he was a friend of a friend, as it were.
3: You're more than welcome to go and check out the body. Uh, it's at Loveland Funeral Home. The mortician won't be in till tomorrow morning to give a proper examination, but... I understand. Tell them that the sergeant sent you to take a look.
1: Uh, yeah, right. I'll, um, I'll do whatever I can. Like I said, I'm just not used to it when the body isn't moving.
3: Mm. I do worry that maybe... I can't speak for the boy, but maybe he got into something a little stronger than alcohol, went for a swim, and... Really? I don't know. Uh, perhaps just, yeah. Figuring out what Jackson was doing last night, exactly, uh... If he was getting into something a little stronger, perhaps. I know. I know some of you have connections with the scouts. Maybe he got it from someone around there.
0: That is shocking, Sergeant. I I knew Jackson was a, a, a bit of a rougher sort. I obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't wish this fate on anybody, but d- drugs in the nights? I, no. I I I I can't credit it. But we have to get to the bottom of it.
1: Come on, Jeremy, it's happened before. We just sorted it out before you came along, I guess. But oh maybe God. maybe the surgeon has a point. Maybe there is something that happened with the knights.
0: Then we have to do something. It's tragic. I
3: mean, I've busted people with narcotics in Loveland before. It wouldn't surprise me.
2: How many people who dabble with drugs end up drowned in the river? This this doesn't just happen. I've, I know people... That doesn't just happen. Like, no, something something else must be going on here.
0: You could even say it's freaky deaky and <laughs> not groovy. Jeepers creepers.
2: That is exactly what you, what you would say in this situation. Very cool.
0: I'm honestly surprised at how many of these things we still say. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised too. Right, tons of them. Uh, but yeah, that is not that is not shrimp farming.
2: Honestly, you need to chill, dude. Uh-huh. Fantastic.
1: I'm just, um, I'm too stoked. Far out, man. <laughs> wow. What time is it here? Like 7 a.m.? <laughs> We're already far out. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I didn't get much of a chance to speak with his mother, Tiana. Um, i had to run off immediately to go and help out around town but maybe you can go and question her jason Uh, i know you uh you're friends with her maybe ask her what was going on last night just to give her some more answers i think she deserves that
1: you see him maybe clutch a crucifix um around his neck but um he says, "Well, like I said, I'm happy to do what I can, and I was intending to speak to her anyway when you told me, but i I don't want to be the one to have to try and probe answers out of her at such a fragile time.
3: I know uh, we both know many people around here. I'm sure some of you included uh, don't exactly trust the police as much as they once did, given." Oh, uh, Matthew's departed I think I honestly think getting questioned by a friend may be a bit more comfortable for Tiana
4: When uh, Sergeant Cook mentions the uh, people not trusting the police force, uh, Daisy will Daisy will say, well, I think that's much improved since uh, since you took over uh, Thanks, Daisy uh, I am trying, uh, I'm doing my best Well, you're
0: clearly doing a, an excellent job <laughs> I don't picture Jeremy as, as very savvy, uh, but can we rule psychology just to determine what's going on between these two? I think I've already found that one. Sure. Even in the 70s,
1: they're <laughs> flatmates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Jeremy has base in psychology, so he has no clue.
1: Apparently, I don't know what's going on. I'm too busy thinking about trying to speak to Tiana in a non interrogatory way. <laughs> yeah.
2: So none of us catch on.
1: Flying out of the radar here.
0: Wow. I'm just a nerve I'm just a nervy woman. <laughs> you act like this around everyone. Huh? Presumably. <laughs>
4: yeah. She's obviously just not good with people.
3: hmm <laughs> Okay. Sergeant Cook goes over to the pot of coffee in the corner and pour another one. Um sort of motioning, you now, requesting if any of you want any. I'll
0: give her a knock. Oh, I I I don't touch caffeine.
2: I'll take Yeah, one.
1: I'll take another one. I don't touch caffeine. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, Jeremy, honestly
3: mm-hmm. Would everyone be okay with meeting me back here uh, tomorrow morning around the same time or a bit later even just to fill me in on what exactly you find and I'll take over the investigation from there
2: Later works
0: Okay Of course Yeah, you say the word, Sergeant and Jeremy gives a scout salute Do the Knights of the Golden Trail have a special salute or is it like a standard uh Please
1: can we say yes Salute.
0: <laughs> He pulls out his long sword, and <laughs> no.
3: It'd be like a hand on the back, on the low like a fist on the lower back,
0: and then a fist over the heart, maybe. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, nice, powerful.
2: Kind of look like a bird.
1: A little bit, yeah. Jason <laughs> <laughs> hey, will look at you a little bit um, stunned, as, as if this is not really the most appropriate time to do that, but... Um... Just says, "Yeah, well, uh, busy, busy, I guess, uh, as usual. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do." Thank you.
3: Um, I really have to get going. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got to run off. Um, so yeah, meet me back here tomorrow. And she's like half out the door as she's saying this, and sort of gives a final smile at Daisy.
4: Oh, uh, uh, of, uh, of course. (laughs) okay fine.
3: <laughs> and she turns around and briskly walks out the door and gets in her police vehicle Daisy will turn around to everybody else and go uh well uh, she's swell
4: um <laughs> so sorry uh, all of you uh, you know about these scouts or you you're in these scouts you look a bit old for
2: scouts used to be
1: well yeah we're not in them now <laughs> But we've, we've kept our affiliation up with them, we do uh, trips and reunions and all sorts of stuff.
0: I help out with meetings every week, and actually we've got a bub and he's going to start fishing in his uh, backpack.
1: Yeah, Jer- Jeremy is a regular contributor, let's put it like that.
4: Oh, well, I wonder why, uh, <laughs> I wonder why the sergeant
1: asked me to help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, are you friends? With her? oh uh
4: I mean, you know we we see each other around town uh but I, i'm just a I'm just an architect i I, I don't know any of the scouts, and I, I don't have
1: any of these uh survival skills. She doesn't expect you to rebuild the town, does she?
4: <laughs> I imagine I might be about to be a very busy woman,
0: maybe it was a mistake, and then when you got hurt, she was too embarrassed to say anything. Jeremy does not have high social skills. Oh, it's like Daisy's face will <laughs> just, like, properly fall, like, oh. Uh, do, do, do you think? It's possible. Anyway, heads out the door.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, well, well, we are we are all just speculating here.
4: Well, uh, I sure hope not.
2: Well, uh, the reason is secondary. Uh, this seems important, so whatever. We should... Yeah, I'm,
4: uh... I'm, I'm happy
0: to help. I'm just, just, just curious, that's all.
2: Well, uh... This isn't about you, is it? So
0: We all owe a duty to the community. And if there are uh, drugs among the knights, we owe it to the younger generation. I'd like to be mayor of this town one day. Oh, and... do you? <laughs> That's, I'm not making that up. That's <laughs> on the character sheet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jason will just say that in a very dry pan. Like, oh, do you? <laughs> yes. Um...
2: Well, if you stop talking, you have my vote. <laughs>
1: All right, he does the
0: like zip across the mouth gesture <laughs> and gives you like a nod and a salute and gets on his bike.
1: Do we not wanna to go together? I mean There's 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 room in my in my Jeep if,
4: if people wanna lift.
2: I'm not leaving my motorcycle.
4: Oh I'm I'm a very fast peddler.
0: I can follow I mean <clears throat> we can <clears throat> we can get your bike in the back, son, it's fine. All right, he won't say anything, keep his mouth sh- firmly shut, but he will pick up his bike and uh, load it in the trunk or tie it on the back or whatever. Nice.
2: Loretta will get on her bike and say, well, uh, the rest of you try to keep up.
1: Do you, do you know oh, where we're going? Oh, is that a challenge, lady? Because I can certainly try and keep up with you in my car. Chase rules. <laughs> Chase, <laughs> <No>. rule. Chase <laughs> rules. over and
0: Time to improvise this. <laughs> Oh hell yeah, here we go. Drag race through lovely. <laughs> 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 really, I'd like to buy an automatic weapon just so we can crack oh. those <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
3: Okay. So you haven't really discussed where exactly you're heading. You're in your
0: vehicles, but uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh
0: two adventure.
2: <laughs> and when we're going to see the bodies, that's what we decided.
0: I thought we were
4: gonna go talk to Tiana. Oh, well, well, I mean, do any of us have any skills that would make looking at the body at all useful? Yes. Because, I mean, I can li- I can try and library use it, but I don't think that will help <laughs> much.
2: Well, I want to see if there's any, like, violence-related stuff that they might not have picked up, because I have decided that they're good, good kids and this couldn't have just happened.
0: What's your job again?
2: I'm a labourer.
0: Okay. Because I Jason's a nurse, right? I'm a
1: nurse. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah. I haven't
1: got forensics, but yeah, yeah, obviously first aid, medicine, all that uh, usual malarkey.
2: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm. I just have eyes. I'm looking for like broken teeth and stuff. Okay. <laughs> We're
0: going to count his teeth, and then Jason can tell us everything else. <laughs> Jeremy will look for the face of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be checking his pocket for what he assumes drugs TM look like, which I want to be wildly inaccurate. I'm trying to figure out. He's just going to be—he's <laughs> been eating a marijuana. Yes, exactly. He probably overdosed
1: on it. I bet you have some beer goggles stored away in your cupboard to remind you what happens if you get drunk. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he probably
0: does if that's a real thing. Is is that a thing oh, that they Oh yeah, yeah, that,
1: yeah schools? I well, did that at wow. school this police officer came to my school and she's like, right, put these on and then walk over there. And then we had to, you know, simulate being drunk. It, it wasn't oh, particularly boy. realistic, but it was all like like mirrored or something in the lens. But it yeah. just makes, more that makes fun. it more fun. That's, that's like nice. a house of mirrors exactly. type deal. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it, it
0: worked on Jeremy. So, yes, he will. He's he disappointed that he didn't put those in his bug out bag. They'd come in handy for sure.
3: <laughs> You're just scared for uh, Jackson to have been taking some of that reefer, man.
2: <laughs> it seems that Jason is the most useful person in both the. with both Bodhi and Tiana.
0: Yeah, we're just all for the bride. So,
2: uh, Yeah. Just we'll out. just
0: get snacks. Uh, Look, if Jason you want to lift anything, <laughs> get <you know>.
1: snacks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to drive you to the funeral home, but I, I, I don't really want to go in and see the body. Oh, you're not, you're not obligated to Daisy.
1: So, Loveland Funeral Home. The funeral
4: home. Hooray!
3: Fantastic. A short drive away from the police station. Uh, the funeral home is a small concrete building with a white exterior and lengthy overhanging eaves. Uh, as you all enter into the building, you see an older, bald gentleman uh, from behind a desk stand up to greet you. Uh, you can see his name tag
1: is Cedric. Uh,
3: can I help you all?
1: Hey, hey now, hey, how's it going? Um, uh, the, the sergeant, uh, Cook, uh, sent me and, uh, my companions here to, um... To look at a, a body, uh, Jackson's body.
3: Oh, ah, uh, yes, t- terrible stuff.
1: So we're here, yeah.
3: Poor young man, please, please, please do come. Thank you. He'll uh, begin leading you down a staircase into the basement of the funeral home, taking you over to a large stainless steel body freezer with nine drawers. Uh, the freezer is set into one of the basement walls. He grasps the second handle from the bottom left. And pulls it open. The rollers on the drawer groaning and grinding as it opens up. And before you, covered in a plastic sheet, uh, with the feet hanging out, is a small body with a toe tag. Uh, Cedric says, uh, "Please uh, do be careful. Uh, uh, the coroner won't be back to tomorrow morning." Yeah, she
1: told us that. I- I'll be careful.
3: And he turns and leaves you unattended in the room. Wow. Things were different in the 70s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why I never wanted to work down here in the morgue. It's so chilly.
3: The toe tag reads, case 4387. Name, Jackson Hubbard. Hair, blonde. Eyes, blank. Place of death, little Miami River. Cause of death, blank. Pronounced dead by Officer Ray Jockey.
1: Ooh. Yeah, Okay. No
0: cause of death, huh?
1: No. Which means we better unzip him.
2: I...
0: I also question the fact that eyes is blank. Does he not have any? Oh god. (laughs) Daisy is just like wandering off to the corner
1: and uh,
4: (laughs) staring at the wall.
1: Y'all let me know
4: when you're done, okay?
1: (laughs) Either he hasn't got any like you suggested, but I'm wondering if it was something like drugs? Maybe they're so dilated, perhaps? <gasps> but um
4: his eyes are full of drugs.
2: Eyes <laughs> <laughs> <Ice> drug coloured. <laughs>
1: I've got a bag here. I can uh, I can have a look in his eyes. Okay.
2: I have a really bad feeling about this.
1: Yeah. Can we um can we carry him out onto a, a bench rather than just in the drawer? Is that possible?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a little mechanism that allows you to slide the deceased off onto a steel bed, so you can easily do that. I'd say you'd probably helped, um, bring people down here before who'd passed away.
1: Okay then. So it's all nice routine. Uh, okay. Yeah. So get him on the slab, carefully unzip him.
3: All right. Yeah. You see the young boy's lifeless body. Uh, he's dressed in flare blue jeans, a tie dye shirt, uh, which is soaked. His shoulder-length blonde hair is wet and slicked down across his face. He's very dirty. His elbows and knees
1: are uh, covered in mud. The first thing I'm trying to perceive if I can is if there's any strong smell like the Merager one uh, or anything like that on him.
3: Okay. You sniff around him and you can't
1: get a sense of any reefer smell. All right, so nothing, nothing he's smoked or anything like that that I can tell.
3: You know what, roll me a spot hidden roll. Alrighty.
1: Oh, 30.
3: Nice.
1: Uh, anyone else around
3: who would like to try to get a similar set? That is a fumble actually for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> Fantastic.
4: It's definitely a body. <laughs> yeah.
1: my god, it's lying down. <laughs> <laughs> Are
0: dead bodies normally horizontal? Um, <laughs> is first aid good for this or do we need medicine?
3: Yeah, you can use first aid if you'd like. And uh, this was just to try and smell. If you'd like to first aid the body, go ahead and roll that as well.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely.
0: To be fair, actually, what Jeremy's really going to do is with with shaking hands and his eyes half closed and breathing heavily through his mouth. Uh, he's going to start going through the deceased's pockets.
1: Okay, fantastic. So I did roll first aid. Yes, my best skill, actually, no, apart from English, my best skill. I got a hundred i have never seen a body in my life it's an alien
3: fantastic (laughs) i will get to that in a second
2: um loretta would also like to roll a basic first aid to see any like aggressive wounds or anything indicating that it wasn't as simple as everyone seems to think okay uh absolutely not
3: okay mind. Uh, jeremy as you're rooting around in the pockets you do find a small badge a badge of the knights of the golden trail
0: Ooh. yeah like a membership badge or like a like a merit badge for something specific i like a little pin
3: there's a beautiful picture uh this would be in, on like a embossed pin another wonderful photo thank you thank you buy the scenario to see them all <laughs> you're really missing out by not seeing this artwork uh, just to be clear <laughs> let's catch up with these two fumbles so jason you yeah, you've seen dead bodies before. Maybe you've never inspected them. I think you may have said you immediately follow up on that clue of, uh, the eyes being sort of not written on the toe tag. And you don't notice as this slick black substance just around the eyelid. And as you go to open the eyes and sort of clear the hair away, your fingers actually slip into the eye sockets which oh, are God. completely vacant you're almost like pushing your fingers slickly like sliding through the vacant eye sockets as if they're tiny little eye curtains i'm gonna have those in attendance please roll me a sandy roll not just for this but the fact of seeing a dead body as well for me. is daisy safe or is the splutch sound bad enough <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're safe over in the corner
1: <laughs> oh
0: i fails.
1: Wow! Oh
0: no! Oh gosh!
2: Oh, just just passed.
0: Did you say Jeremy needs to roll twice? I just one. Oh, just one. Okay, well and then he succeeded, which disappoints me slightly. <laughs> okay, you lose one, Sandy. At this point,
3: those
1: who failed. Oh, hey, now that uh, that wasn't quite was I uh, what I was expecting. Uh, my God, is oh, <clears throat> is that a is that an overdose symptom? That, is everybody okay? Plus it's not an overdose symptom. Come on.
0: Uh, Daisy, uh, Miss, um, uh, Miss Silverstone.
2: Just keep facing the wall.
0: Yeah, he just, it's, um, it's not pretty.
1: Okay. I know that I got a hundred on my first aid, but am I able to see how his eyes were removed? Like, were they forcefully pulled or cut, something like that?
3: Yeah, it doesn't appear that they've been removed obtrusively.
1: The eye sockets
3: are still intact but their eyes are missing.
1: Any sign of anything corrosive? Like, round the eye sockets, maybe, that's caused them to just disintegrate?
3: Did slip on something a little oily, uh, and mm, sort of looking true. at your fingers, there's like a really light sort of oily substance
4: on them. only one thing to do, and that's give it a little lick and see what it tastes like.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to smell it first. Uh, come on now, don't be so hasty. Very acrid. Perhaps we can um, we can take it as a, a sample. And uh, Jason starts looking around for something to wipe the rest of it on somewhere and put it in a little vial or test tube.
0: <laughs> Jeremy pulls out like a little bug catcher's uh, vial from his uh, backpack and offers ah. <laughs> it.
1: Jeremy, always prepared. That's my motto. Add <laughs> a At- boy. As.
3: You're swabbing the face, Jason. It's quite discoloured, not just around the eyes, but the entire face is like a shade of, like, dark pinky purple.
1: Would this be, I mean, player thinking it probably isn't, but would this be general, uh, you know, rigor mortis, what this would look like now for this length of time?
3: You aren't too sure, but you don't think so, given your last roll. You can roll a medicine roll if you'd
1: like. Do you have medicine? I, I believe you do. Certainly will, yes I do. Oh, that's more like it. Um I am going to spend or luck to make that an extreme. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, big wow. money.
3: No. <laughs> no, definitely not. This is bruising. And with an extreme success, you're almost barely certain that this bruising has come from suction.
1: Especially given that the eyes have removed. What you're saying is he has loads of massive hickeys.
3: <laughs> he has one giant face. hickey on his face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. That's the medical report. That, that would explain <laughs> it. The hickeys were so huge that his eyes just got sucked out and then he fell into a into a leg. That's that's it, case closed.
0: Mm-hmm. The abstinence only education is not working. Clearly <laughs> we have a hickey problem. <laughs> Here in Loveland.
4: This is what the kids do when they take drugs. They hickey each other's eyeballs out.
1: That makes sense. I hadn't heard of it, obviously, but that makes sense. That's... that's bruising. Somebody's... well, either somebody else did this to him or he had a heck of a a fall, some sort of fall.
2: Yeah, he fell in the river and bruised his face. That sounds about right. But just as...
0: With shaking hands, again, Jeremy is going to start, like... uh, Is it a tie-dye t-shirt or a button-down? It's a t-shirt. Carefully grip the collar and, like, tug it back a bit to see whether, like... Is this all over bruising? Like, as he tumbled down the riverbank or just, like, real localised on the face? Just
3: localised around the face? And as you're inspecting that t-shirt, Jeremy... You can see that the
0: stomach portion is hanging very loose and sort of slack. Oh boy! Okay, I uh, I swallow like a Looney Tunes character. See the Adam's apple bob. And I close my eyes and I uh, pull the the lower hem of the t-shirt upwards.
3: Yeah, you can see that the skin around his stomach is hanging concave into his torso, and you see. What almost looks like his spine on the other side, like pressing onto his stomach skin.
0: Oh, so like there's nothing below his ribcage internally, just skin?
3: Nothing at all, seemingly.
0: That is
1: vile. That is a gruesome image. My first question is how on earth has no one else noticed this? This is. They needed us civilians to come here and figure out what he died of.
0: Like <laughs> he drowned, drugs, probably.
2: Though. Yeah, probably. Drowned. Probably the drugs.
1: <laughs> Jason will immediately check his mouth, actually, and and down his trachea, um, because it, it it very much feels like if it's concave in the stomach that something has been sucked out.
3: Yeah. As you open up the mouth, you can see small portions of flesh sort of stuck to the back of his teeth in between them. And at the back of his throat is just a fleshy,
1: bloody void. Oh my God. Jason does the sign of the cross.
0: That is horrible. Could this be some kind of industrial accident? Did he get
2: his head like stuck in a, in a pipe or something? Not in all my years years in construction have i have i seen anything like this and and why would why would he end up in the river the, there was no construction anywhere nearby
1: this must have been done by someone else and perhaps they just threw him in the river once they were done with him but why
2: like a, a murder
1: that's horrible yeah loretta just said like it can be anything Construction-wise, or any pipes. So, what else? Nothing. Nothing natural could have caused this. If you all are talking about pipes, are there there not any pipes that let out into the, into
4: the river? Any sewage pipes
1: or? There's
3: a fair
4: few.
1: Yeah. Look inside his mouth. It's as if everything has been sucked. I've heard the noise. I've heard the noises you're making. I'm not turning around, son. Fine. I'll I'll describe. I'll describe it further. Then it's uh, and I start going into more graphic detail to try and give you as specific (laughs) a picture as possible. Well,
2: and the sanity
1: roll as well, (laughs) Daisy.
2: I didn't need to know
4: that. Mean. Uh, Oh, that's a seven. I made it.
3: Ah, you're fine. I'm well saved as well. Sixty. Take a zero.
4: That's horrible.
3: You are all standing over this body. We have reached. The end of our first session and that does bring us to the end of today's episode thank you so much everyone al pedra noxicles and jason you've all been the best and a big massive thank you to all of our listeners you're all exceptional your listens comments and ratings are incredibly helpful but if you want a way to support us further consider joining us over on patreon at patreon.com slash We'll be back shortly to record beyond the madness for our cult elder and avatar tier patrons they get access to behind the scenes discussion after every episode as well as bonus episodes exclusive discord channels and more speaking of discord you can find an invite link to our discord community as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaright.com come join us and just a reminder that if you like the scenario we're playing it's available for purchase right now find it through our website and if you're working on your homebrew of your own get in touch with us we'd love to help you bring your stories to life now farewell dear listeners until the stars are right again
0: Hiya, friends! Jeremy, back again to say if you're thinking about picking up a copy of the scenario for yourself are still on the fence, you can read a radical review that one of our customers was groovy enough to put up on DriveThruRPG. Thanks so much to Brendan OS for the time and thoughtfulness they put into this. The full 5-star review is on the product page, head to starsaright.com for a link, but here's the highlights. And don't trip, it's spoiler-free and they're all Brendan's words, not mine. <clears throat> Heartless in Loveland builds off the urban myth of a frogman in Loveland, Ohio, so it has a nice tie-in to real-world events and location, but it connects this to the familiar Cthulhu themes we all love brilliantly and with a great sense of humor. Here are a few of the specific strengths. 1. Top-notch production value. The page design, illustrations, copious handouts, etc. are fully on par with the best official Chaosium products. 2. Super useful keeper guidance. Passages you can just read out to players or customize are plentiful and clearly marked. Interactions with NPCs are organized with their responses to the most likely to be asked questions. A timeline complete with variations based on how the scenario goes appears right at the beginning. All this should become standard in all future COC material, in my opinion, yet is missing for most of the stuff out there. This is just so helpful for keepers, new and experienced alike. 3. The setting as sandbox. The players are residents in the town, so they're already invested. The scenario can be opened up to really be about experiencing life in the small town as things get stranger and more dangerous. Players and keepers who like to really roleplay can have a lot of fun. The gameplay does not need to be linear. 4. Playfulness. In reading through this scenario, I am struck by its sense of humor and playfulness. It strikes a nice balance for me between the suspense and horror and the fun and humor. 5. For $5, this represents good value. The scenario proper goes up to page 34, and the other 26 pages are appendices, maps, handouts, and so on. This is not a scenario most groups will finish in a single session. Now, uh, fair's fair, there's some caveats too, so you know Brendan isn't just a shill we pay to be nice to us. Uh, 1. The scenario is set in the 1970s, not the most common decade for COC, so probably best suited as a one-shot over a few sessions, as opposed to something you could slide into an ongoing campaign. 2. I suppose if your group is on the more serious side, this may possibly not be right up your alley, although it is written in a flexible enough way to amp up the horror-slash-suspense and amp down the natural humor. All in all, I would highly recommend checking this out. It is really incredibly well done, and I hope the team turns out more scenarios like this. Thanks again so much, Brendan. We've already got a lot more ideas for future scenarios.